0: All right, welcome back to the Listener's Commentary on 1 Timothy. Before we jump into the content on this episode, I just want to make mention of something that I probably don't mention enough, and that is I have a free ebook on the Listener's Commentary website, listener'scommentary.com, about a 35, 40 page ebook that guides you in. 10 Practices to Help You Hear and Heed the Bible. The book is simply called Bible in Life, and it gives five practices for hearing. That is, studying and reading and understanding the Bible well. And then five practices for heeding the Bible. That is, uh, how can we take it into our life and be shaped by it and formed by it so that we live it out? Completely free. All you got to do is put in your name, email address, and you'll get instant access to that ebook. And so, if that sounds like it would be helpful to you for your benefit or helpful to you in sharing with others and mentoring and coaching and discipling others who are looking to dig into the scriptures, just go over to listenerscommentary.com. Scroll down a little bit. You'll see the ebook there and where you need to put in your name and email address, and you can get access to that as well. All right. In this recording, we're going to be looking at 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 11 through 16. It's a short little section right at the end of chapter four, and in a very real sense, it's directly tied to the previous paragraph that we looked at in our last recording. And yet, the topic is different, And so we uh, break it out here as a separate section. And in this section, what Paul does is he directly addresses Timothy and things that Timothy needs in order to carry out his ministry effectively and well in the city of Ephesus. And so this is direct address to Timothy himself. And what we need to do is keep in mind where we're at in the flow of thought. So, recall that at the end of chapter 3, Paul had told Timothy why he's writing. Uh, that he's hoping to visit Timothy soon, but in case he gets delayed, he's writing to Timothy because he wants to give him some instruction on how people ought to act in God's household, that is, in the church. And then immediately at the beginning of chapter 4, chapter 4, 1 through 10, that previous section, immediately there, Paul then continued by highlighting some of the false ideas that are swirling around and spreading among the believers in Ephesus. And he called Timothy to point out the error of those ideas and to make sure he was teaching the truth in uh, the place of that. Well what he does here then in 4:11 through 16 is he turns directly to Timothy and addresses him concerning the character and the actions that are going to be necessary for Timothy's ongoing ministry in dealing with the situation in Ephesus. And in addition to encouraging Timothy and challenging Timothy, it probably in some regards will bolster Timothy's standing Before the eyes of the church. Because most likely, this letter is going to be read to the whole church as well. And as a result, when they listen in on these words, they're going to hear some things that Paul says about Timothy that really kind of give him credentials and credibility and bolster his place to challenge and to rebuke and to exhort and to speak these things. And so, Paul turns to Timothy, and in doing so, he strengthens his standing in the eyes of the church. And here's what he says. He instructs Timothy 2, verse 11, to prescribe and teach these things. Now, the word prescribe is actually the word that has been variously translated so far in the letter. I wish they would be a little more consistent so we can see the connection. It has been translated as instruct. It's been translated as command. And the idea of the word really is to command, to charge, right? To, to call people out and call people to action. And so prescribe, command these things charge these things and teach these things, which means to instruct, to clarify, to make sure people are understanding the truth and all that. And so in urging Timothy to point out these things, to command and teach them, Paul then goes on to give some very specific instructions to Timothy himself. He says in verse 12, let no one look down on you for your youthfulness. Now, we don't know exactly how old Timothy is. We do know that at the time this letter is written, as best as we can tell, uh, Timothy had been a companion of Paul for about 15 years. So even if Timothy was, say, maybe 18 or 19 years old when Paul picked him up, he picked him up around the year 50 or 51. That would make Timothy somewhere around 32, 33, 34, upwards of 35. That's his age. Uh, And that doesn't seem maybe in our culture, super young, but in their culture, it was. Age was highly valued. And thus a young person's age could tempt some, maybe not to value their teaching or not to give them the respect that they deserve. And so if Timothy, Timothy is 32 or 33, he's still considered a young man in that culture, and he doesn't necessarily have the status and the respect, at least of some in the church. And Paul says to him, don't let anyone look down on you because of your youthfulness. And so this word here to Timothy encourages Timothy. And it also reminds the church that Timothy is a good servant of King Jesus, and he has the right to command and teach people, even though he's not that old. Now, in the rest of the verse, then, Paul tells Timothy how he needs to conduct himself so that people don't look down on him for his age. He calls him to specific kind of behavioral actions and virtue-type actions that make him honorable and respectable. And so he says to Timothy, but rather, so don't let people look down on you because you're young, rather in speech. That is in the way he talks and what he talks about, right? Jesus taught us that out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so our words represent what's in our heart. They show people the kind of character we have and the kind of person we are. So, in speech, Paul says, in conduct, and the word conduct is the Greek word anastrophe, which refers to not just individual acts, but your whole manner of life. The whole way your life is ordered and carried out. So, in speech, in conduct, in love, which is the hallmark of disciples of Jesus. Jesus said, they will know you're my disciples by your love for one another. Or, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. Our love for God and for others is the hallmark of our discipleship to Jesus. And so, in your love, Timothy. Uh, In faith, that is walking by faith, trusting God and loyalty to God. The word faith means both uh, faith and faithfulness. And so trusting God and being loyal to Jesus, right? In faith and purity. Purity refers to just cleanness pure, right? Like you you have a clean, pure way of life. And so in speech, conduct, love, faith, and purity, show yourself an example to those who believe. And so Paul is calling Timothy to carry out his way of being and his way of life there among the church in Ephesus as a pattern, a concrete example of what faithful discipleship to Jesus looks like. And so show yourself, Timothy, to be a pattern, a model, an example of those who believe so that they can see what a faithful follower of Jesus looks like. Then in verse 13, he calls him to a specific action he wants them to make sure he does with and in the church setting there in Ephesus. And so he says, until I come Give your attention to the public reading, to exhortation, and to teaching. And so, when the church is gathered, give attention to the public reading. What what does he mean by public reading? Well, specifically, the public reading of Scripture. That's what he's referring to. Read the Scriptures, which in their context would be The Hebrew scriptures, what we call the Old Testament. Read it uh, and give attention to exhortation. What does that refer to? Well, exhortation refers specifically to calling people to action, pointing out ways they need to change and how they can live faithfully to Jesus. And so give attention to exhorting people in the way of discipleship and to teaching, which has more to do with explaining the truth. And here's falsehood. Here's the truth. And so give attention to those things. And he goes on and says to Timothy something very fascinating about Timothy's own previous experience, something we have little knowledge of. He says this, Do not neglect the spiritual gift within you, which was granted to you through words of prophecy with the laying on of hands by the council of elders. And so at some point in Timothy's past, likely when he was commissioned to ministry, there was this event that Paul recalls before Timothy, and not only for Timothy's benefit, but like we said, There's most likely the whole church is going to listen in on these words. And so they're going to hear that Timothy was commissioned by elders with the laying on of hands and with prophecy. Now, we don't know exactly when this event happened and exactly what Paul is referring to. There was some gathering of the elders, the council of elders, and It seems like Paul himself was a part of this gathering based on what Paul says again in 2 Timothy 1, verse 6, that he himself was in on this. And so the elders, including Paul, laid their hands on Timothy, and this event was attended with a prophecy about Timothy and presumably his ministry. And so it, it in some way imparted to Timothy this spiritual gift. What is he getting at? Well, based on what he's saying here in the context here and what he's getting at in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6, it's referring to his gift of ministry, this gift of being set apart for ministry and traveling with Paul and teaching and preaching and exhorting, all of that. That's probably what he's getting at. And so the call to action is don't neglect that. Be about that. Give attention, as he just said in verse 13, to that, to that gift of ministry, to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation, to teaching, all of this that you were commissioned to when the elders laid their hands on you and prophesied over you and commissioned you to this this important ministry. Then, verses 15 and 16 offer a general summary and a general call to action for Timothy to take as Paul wraps up this appeal to Timothy. He says in verse 15, Take pains with these things. Be absorbed in them so that your progress will be evident to all. The idea is to give yourself wholeheartedly to this ministry that you were set apart to. Give yourself wholeheartedly to your own character development and being an example of discipleship. Give yourself wholeheartedly to teaching and exhortation and instruction and all of that. When he says be absorbed in them, it's really stark in the Greek. It's literally just be in them. That is, be about them. Be in these things. This is where your time and your energy and your focus should be. Be in these things. And then the goal is so that, right, with the result that or the aim that your progress as a Christian, as a follower, as a servant of Jesus, your progress will be evident to all. That is obvious and clear that they'll all see. That you are living as a faithful servant of King Jesus, you're living as a good disciple, and you're providing a concrete example of Christ's likeness for them. And then, as Paul wraps it up in verse 16, he makes explicit what he means. He says, Pay close attention to yourself and to the teaching. Like, pay attention to yourself, that is, to your life, to your character, to your own devotion to Jesus. Everything that he's called Timothy to here, pay attention to yourself and the way you're following Jesus and pay attention to the teaching, uh, the instruction that you're supposed to be doing, that he's calling Timothy to here. Pay attention to that. Persevere in these things. That, that's endure, right? Like it can be exhausting and it can be taxing and working with people is challenging and the work is never done. The work of ministry, when is it ever finished? It's never done. So you got to just stay after it and endure in these things. So persevere in these things. For as you do this, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. That is, you will be an example of faithfulness, your endurance, right? Like Jesus said, it's the one who endures to the end who will be saved. And so your endurance will culminate in the salvation that Jesus has given to you and brought to you. And as you do this, you will be steering the church away from air and leading them towards the truth. And you'll be providing a model for them of how to follow Jesus and helping them learn how to do that, which then will lead to them culminating in receiving the salvation that Jesus brought to them as well. And so as we reflect on this paragraph... One key reflection is just for the life of ministry, for those who uh, give themselves to ministry as Timothy had here, those who are set apart for ministry as Timothy was here. We learn a lot about what it means to be a, a faithful and effective minister in serving Jesus. And what we see really is two key categories that are crucial, the two key categories that Paul challenges Timothy in your own character and discipleship to Jesus, yourself, as he calls it, and your teaching. And these two things are critical for the life of ministry. So pay attention to your own walk of faith and faithfulness to Jesus, your own conduct and love and all of that. Pay attention to that and pay attention to your teaching and learning the truth and making sure you're walking in the truth. And so for those who have uh, been set apart for ministry, this text is really central for helping us think through what are the most important things, the crucial building blocks of an effective ministry. Well, it's Christ-like character and it's truthful teaching. And we need to pay attention to those things and endure and persevere in those things faithfully to the end. And even if you haven't been set apart for like vocational Christian ministry, where it's not your job, right? And you don't do it and get a paycheck for it. You don't do it full time. Um, if you are in any way serving Jesus as a small group leader or a Sunday school teacher, right? Or a Bible study leader of some sort. In any way that we are doing ministry, this this tells us, here's here's the crucial thing. Our own virtue and character of Christ-likeness. And making sure that we're really digging in and learning and know the truth so that we can avoid error and we can teach the truth. And so that's critical for those of us who in any way are servants of Christ and his church. All right, thanks for tuning into this session on the Listener's Commentary on 1 Timothy. The Listener's Commentary is a listener-supported, crowdfunded Bible teaching ministry that's made possible by the generosity of people just like you. And so thanks a ton to each and every one of you who support this ministry so faithfully and so prayerfully. May God bless you for that, and may it bear much fruit in the lives of people all around the world as it already is doing, and I pray that it will continue to do even more Through your faithfulness and your generosity, and if you want to join the team of supporters, you can do so by going to listenerscommentary.com. You can click the give button. It'll take you to a page where you can put in a dollar amount, and you can click a little box that says "Make this a monthly donation," or you can leave it as a one-time donation. All donations are received in partnership with an kind of an overseeing organization called World Family Mission, a registered nonprofit. So, thanks a ton for your support. May God lead you and bless you as you seek and serve him.